Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we are going to be performing a fundamental stock analysis of Caterpillar Inc., ticker symbol CAT, CAT. We're looking at Caterpillar today because the company is just rebounding from their 52-week lows and because the business is a dividend aristocrat. So dividend aristocrats are companies that have increased their dividend payments for each of the past 25 years that are members of the S&P 500. Caterpillar has increased their dividend payments for each of the past 28 years. Coupling their long and consistent track record of paying out dividends with the fact that they're close to their 52-week low makes Caterpillar an interesting business to look at right now. We're gonna be taking a look at their fundamentals to understand if the business is potentially mispriced and would offer us any margin of safety at its current valuations. Over the past year, Caterpillar stock price is down 7.5%. They're currently trading for $177.55 per share. Over three years, they've done pretty well, compounding at a rate of 13.5%. Over five years, they're compounding at a rate of 7%. Over 10, they're compounding at a rate closer to 8%. And going back prior to the global financial crisis, Caterpillar stock price has compounded at about 8% annually. This compounded return is not including their dividends, and currently they are paying out a dividend yield of 2.55%, which is a yield that's higher than what an S&P 500 ETF would be paying out currently. Caterpillar is trading about $17 over their 52-week low, and they are down quite a bit from their 52-week high. They are a very large business. They have a $94 billion market cap. For more background about Caterpillar, Caterpillar is an iconic manufacturer of heavy equipment, power solutions, and locomotives. It is currently the world's largest manufacturer of heavy equipment, with over 13% of market share in 2021. The company is divided into four reportable segments, construction industries, resource industries, energy and transportation, and Caterpillar Financial Services. Its products are available through a dealer network that covers the globe with about 2,700 branches maintained by over 160 dealers. Caterpillar Financial Services provides retail financing from machinery and engines to its customers, in addition to wholesale financing for dealers, which increases the likelihood of Caterpillar product sales. The company was formerly known as Caterpillar Tractor Co. and changed its name to Caterpillar Inc. in 1986. The company was founded in 1925 and is headquartered in Deerfield, Illinois. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are going to be performing the Select 6 analysis, taking a checklist-style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Caterpillar based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis will continue to evolve and improve over time. It's still a work in progress and it's an opportunity to learn in public. With that said, let's get right into today's analysis. Starting off with metric number one, here we want their return on capital over the past five years to be above 14%. So there are a couple of reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is gonna return approximately what its underlying business returns. And these business returns are gonna be captured here by return on capital. The second, is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. So by asking for 14% here, we can potentially build in some margin of safety for ourselves based off the overall quality of the business, being about twice as good as an average business. During these last five years, Caterpillar's return on capital has bounced around a bit. It's been in the low to mid-teens for most of this time, and it dropped down to 9% in 2020. However, since the COVID-19 pandemic, their returns on capital have rebounded quite strongly. At the end of last fiscal year, they had a 15% return on capital, and over their last 12 months, their returns on capital have improved to about 16%. Averaged out over this time, Caterpillar is earning about 
13.4% returns on capital. So while that is above average, that's just a little bit below that 14% mark we were looking for. And so unfortunately, this is going to be an X here on metric number one, even though they have improved their returns on capital almost over the last three years or so. Next up for metric number two here, we're taking a high level overview of the cash coming into the business. We're looking for revenue, earnings, and free cash flow growth over the last five years. So during this time, their revenues are up. Their net incomes or their earnings are also up. It looks like 2017 was an atypical year for the business in terms of its net incomes. And their earnings have been more steady over the other years with the exception of 2020. Then even though their free cash flows are up from fiscal 2017 to fiscal 2021, over the last 12 months, their free cash flows are actually coming in just a little bit below where they were in 2017. And so unfortunately, that means that their free cash flows are down over this time. It's unfortunate because free cash flow is the number that matters the most here because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any business and a business's abilities to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day discounted back by some reasonable interest rate is ultimately what the value of that company is going to be. Free cash flows can be used to reinvest back into the business, make acquisitions, buy back shares, pay down debt or pay dividends. It's not great to see that their free cash flows are down over this time, although it is understandable. And so this is going to be our second X in a row to start off on metric number two. Metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at their company on a per share basis. This is going to be building off of metric number two because here we're looking for earnings per share growth. So we learned in the last metric that their earnings have increased over this time. In 2017, that was an atypical year for their earnings. They had both a merger and restructuring charge and then an income tax expense, which both of those affected their earnings. So over this time, their earnings are up and looking at their earnings per share here, their earnings per share have actually grown faster than their earnings have over this time. So this cues us into the fact that the company has been buying back shares over this time. In fact, Caterpillar has repurchased about 10% of their shares outstanding. So that's fantastic as a long-term investor in the business because when you're purchasing a share of stock, what you're really buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that business. And when a business buys back shares by decreasing the number of shares outstanding, they're increasing your ownership percentage of the business, which is ultimately going to increase the percentage of the business's profits that you're entitled to as a shareholder. Great to see that they had both earnings growth and that they were buying back shares over this time. This is going to be our first check here on metric number three. Metric number four is very similar. Here we're looking for five-year free cash flow per share growth. So again, from fiscal 2017 to fiscal 2021, they grew their free cash flows. They've also repurchased 10% of their shares outstanding over this time. So it looks like their free cash flows per share are growing faster than their cash flows. However, their free cash flows are down from where they were in 2017 over the last 12 months. But when we factor in their 10% buybacks, the math actually works out that they are earning exactly the same amounts of free cash flow per share over the last 12 months as they earned in 2017. Caterpillar has earned exactly $5.69 per share over their last 12 months. Even though this is flat and not down over this time, we wanted to see growth here. Technically, this is an X on metric number four. So through four metrics, we've only got one check so far, although it's just barely been the case that these other metrics have been X's. So Caterpillar is still looking decent despite only going one for four so far. Next up for metric number five, we want their net debt, which is long and short-term liabilities minus cash and short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow the company has produced over the past five years. 
So at the end of fiscal 2021, Caterpillar had $29 billion of net debt. Currently, they have $31 billion of net debt. And over this time, they produced $20 billion of free cash flow. So relative to their abilities to produce free cash flows, it looks like Caterpillar is taking on a little too much leverage for our liking. Given the structure of their business, there are a lot of potential reasons why this is the case and why this might not be a concern, especially based off of how they would report on their financial segments. So even though it looks like the business is employing a bit too much leverage than what we would ideally like to see, this again may not be as bad as meets the eye here. Unfortunately, it is going to be an X. And so through five metrics, we only have one check so far. Finally, the big metric of them all, metric number six, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield above 5%. If this is the case, this will give us a slight risk premium to the risk-free rate of the 10-year treasury and give us a reason to potentially be interested in the business. We're using total enterprise value here rather than the business's market cap because total enterprise value is going to incorporate both the company's market cap and their net debt position. So it's going to give us a more realistic economic picture of the business more akin to if Caterpillar was a private company. So currently, Caterpillar has a total enterprise value of about $125 billion. We learned that over the last five years, they produced $20 billion of free cash flow, which means that in an average year, they're producing $4 billion of free cash flow. So when we divide their $4 billion of average free cash flow by their $125 billion total enterprise value, that is going to give us an average free cash flow to enterprise value yield, of only 3.2%. So that is both below that 5% mark we're looking for and it's below what the 10-year treasury is at currently. So this is gonna be an X here on metric number six as it looks like the business most likely is not giving us a risk premium. Worth mentioning too is that over the last 12 months, Caterpillar has earned $3 billion of free cash flow. So this is down from what they've been at averaged historically. So to get a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for Caterpillar, When we divide their last 12 months of $3 billion of free cash flow by their enterprise value, that is only going to give us a 2.4% current free cash flows to enterprise value yield here. So currently, that's even down farther from where they've been at over the last five years. Then one of the main reasons we were looking at Caterpillar is the fact that they are a dividend aristocrat. So Caterpillar has increased their dividend payments for each of the past 28 years. Here, we're looking at their dividend profile to check that the company's dividends are well supported by the business's cash flows. So it's really easy for people to make mistakes by blindly chasing either dividend yield or a dividend track record without stopping to look at the fundamentals of the business and to determine whether that dividend is healthy and sustainable, especially going into the future. So in all five of these years, Caterpillar, no surprise, has increased their dividends. Fiscally, they've also increased their cash flows per share. As we learned earlier, their last 12 months of cash flows per share are exactly flat from where they've been since 2017. Even so, Caterpillar looks like it has enough cash coming in that it's able to comfortably support this dividend. And as long as their cash flows continue to increase into the future, it looks like this business should be able to keep supporting a growing and sustained dividend. Again, if something were to dramatically happen to their cash flows here, we did find out that the business has a lot of leverage relative to their free cash flows currently, so they would potentially be in a position where they would have to cut their dividend. And although this is only a possibility and not what's going to happen in the future, it would seem like the company would only be paying out their dividends as long as they're supported by their cash flows over a sustained amount of time. Then finally, here we're using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair value for Caterpillar. Starting with their current free cash flows per share, 
and then projecting a growth stage over the next 10 years that's based off of their historical growth rates for their free cash flows over the last 32 years since 1990. Then adding in a terminal growth stage where we assume that that growth rate is cut by more than half and they only grow at a rate of 4% for the 10 years after that. So projecting Caterpillar's growth 20 years out into the future based off of their historical growth performance. And then adding in their tangible book value. If we wanted a 10% rate of return going forward from Caterpillar today, based on today's stock price of $177.55 per share, it looks like the company would not have a margin of safety and a potential fair value for the business would be a little under $109 per share. Please be aware that these growth numbers are assumptions that you need to validate or invalidate for yourself to determine whether they're truly applicable here or not. They're really just used to give us a baseline projection into the future based off of Caterpillar's performance in the past. In reality, that's not how companies are likely to operate. And especially as a company gets larger, oftentimes their growth rates slow down. Also worth mentioning is that this rate of return would be including the company's dividend payments, so we would not be doubly counting dividends. At today's current prices, again using these same historical growth assumptions, it looks like you could reasonably expect somewhere between a 3 to 4% rate of return going forward on Caterpillar over the next 20 years. Again, this would be including their dividend yield, and currently they have about a 2.5% dividend yield. So based on these assumptions, it doesn't look like there would be a lot of action from their stock price, although you would be getting this dividend yield. It's worth pounding it in that these are historical assumptions that you need to do your own homework on to understand if they're truly applicable here. This type of analysis is not financial advice and it is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered financial and legal professionals. So in summary, Caterpillar only checks the box on one out of six of our metrics. They were just off when it came to their average returns on capital. They've grown their revenues and earnings over the last five years, and they bought back about 10% of their shares outstanding over this time. However, the company's free cash flows are down, although their free cash flows per share because of their buybacks are exactly flat over the past five and a half years. Then relative to their abilities to produce free cash flows, it looks like Caterpillar is employing a little bit too much leverage in their business for our tastes. There are a variety of reasons, especially given the structure of their business, that this might not be as worrying as for some other businesses. You'd want to dig in and learn more about exactly how their business operates and how their debt is structured to have a more informed understanding of that. Then for both their average free cash flows and their current free cash flow yields to their total enterprise value, it does not look like Caterpillar is offering us an attractive risk premium here. We learned that their dividend payments are well supported by the company's free cash flows. And given the company's leverage, it's reasonable to expect that these dividends would only be paid out over a sustained time when the company is able to support them by their cash flows. Then finally, using a discounted cash flow model that based on historical growth assumptions that you have to do your own homework on to understand if they're truly applicable here, that from today's prices, you could reasonably expect about a 3% rate of return, including dividends going forward over the next 20 years. If instead you wanted a 10% rate of return going forward on Caterpillar, again, based off those same growth assumptions, you would want to wait for the company to come down to a share price that's closer to $109 per share. The last time the business did that was during its COVID pandemic lows in March of 2020, or prior to that was July of 2017. So these down draws do happen. If that's the rate of return that you're looking for, you would just want to be patient for this business. However, again, this type of analysis is not financial advice. It is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. 
And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered financial and legal professionals. As a value investor, you ultimately want to do your own research into a business to try to understand it as if you're going to be owning 100% of the company. A great place to start your research process is by looking at the filings from a company. Read through the company's historical 10Ks to get a history of both the business and its operating results. Management will also detail potential risks that the business faces, as well as providing insight into both the environment the company operates in and potential challenges and opportunities that the company is dealing with now or could lie ahead. Additionally, you'll also get a sense of both the competence and the character of the management of the business. When you're done reading through those 10Ks, I would also read through their 10Qs and read through some of the transcripts of their recent earnings calls to get a more updated perspective of the business through how the business has been operating during their recent quarters. Through this research, you'll ultimately get to a position where you can understand the true essence of the business and determine for yourself what you think the value of Caterpillar truly is, and to understand if there's a true margin of safety there or not. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of Caterpillar Inc., ticker symbol C-A-T, CAT. If you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Caterpillar with me, and have a great day.